Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm French. And, and the Bernabeu flicks it back! I haven't, I haven't got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. Oh, what a start! All what they can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. Welcome in, everybody. Big show today, reviewing all the weekend's action as the rest of Europe's top five completely wrapped up their campaigns and we had a few cup finals to enjoy as well. So in the House of Champions today, we have, of course, Michael LaHood, who looks like he had a fantastic week. How was the coverage, man? The sevens looked pretty good. It was a ton of fun. Grassroots football at its finest, and the deserving champions ended up winning a team from Connecticut called Newtown Pride FC. A lot of ballers. Hope they get some new deals and, you know, some opportunities in the future. And a million bucks to go with that as well. Speaking of a million bucks, how are you doing, Nigel Rio Coker? I'm good, my friend. It's always been a pleasure to be back with you guys. I was looking forward to this so much. It's been a long time. <laughs> long, long, long time. I missed it you is. guys. So great to be on. Can't wait. How are we doing, though? Let's just discuss and let's dive a little deeper into what you've been up to. And congratulations to you. I know it's been uh, it's been a very busy time for you, coaching-wise. It's been good. I went to Northern Ireland to start uh, the process doing my coaching badges. And it's just making that transition from thinking like a player to thinking like a coach. And you know what? Massive credit needs to go to that Northern Ireland organization and the coaches that we had. They are sensational in how they teach the course and also get us as players to understand the different dynamics. Not everyone who goes on the course is going to be a manager. I think now in the modern game of football, you have to understand there's a difference between a coach and a manager. Yes, a manager needs to know obviously how to coach a team and what goes behind it, preparation, everything, so you can identify a good coach for yourself. But then there's a different element when you become a manager. And the course basically helps you find which path suits you best, lets you be the manager that you want to be and be the coach that you want to be. And the way they run it and structure it, Ian, it's just so sensational because they, they, they let you understand that football is not seen the same through everyone's eyes. You know, they've had top-class players who Spanish internationals and played in Spain and, you know, they're putting on sessions. And for us in England, we'd look at that to say, that's crazy if that's how you feel defending from wide areas is. But the reality of it is that's just how they do it in Spain. So you have to respect that. And that's what I love about the course. It's not do it by the book. Otherwise, you're not going to pass because that's not football. You know, what we've seen in the great managers, we talk about Klopp or Pep. They're not taught by the book and stay by the book. So it's just letting you be free. So I'll give, we'll give a lot of credit to the Northern Ireland. 
Northern Ireland uh, Football Federation because the course is great. All the coaches were great. And also the people that I was on the course with were absolutely sensational. Great human beings, every single one of them. Any big names there that uh, our listeners would uh, know? Ooh, yeah. Everyone there was a big name. That's what I'm going to no, say because no, they were great don't people. Lie. Don't lie. <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> you, you were the biggest name. That's what you're saying? You were no, the biggest yeah. name? No, yeah. actually, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't. The, 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 uh, the, fun, uh, the funny guy that was the biggest name was uh, Philippe Senderos. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. He yes. was, dropping, yeah, he was yeah. dropping names about the time when he was in AC Milan's dressing room and all the players <laughs> that was there, you know, Betts, you know, Maldini. He was dropping so many names. I was just like, but no, Philippe was a top guy as well. Philippe Senderos, real top, top guy. Well, well said as well, Nigel, because I know the, the Northern Ireland uh, Federation, the association, what they have done has got this tremendous reputation. And that's why people all across the world are trying so desperately to get involved in this course. And uh, they thoroughly deserve it. Some of the big names, as you mentioned, obviously, there's one of them. Uh, but there has been many a name who has come through with their coaching badges through those coaching courses over there. And um Long may it continue. And I love to hear the fact it's been what you've been talking about for such a long time. Football is different in everybody's eyes. It's different in even the same nationality's eyes. It's just different from every human being to human being. So I, I like the fact that they're coaching and allowing people to be themselves on that coaching course as well. Yeah. Keep us uh, posted as you go as well. Uh, I know you're not available on social media, so everybody can follow <laughs> Nigel's path on Michael's social media at Michael <laughs> LaHood. Uh, boys, let's get into it because we've got a lot to discuss and apparently we've only got 50 minutes to get into it. So uh, we begin with what happened as we closed up the domestic leagues. I mean, uh, let's uh, obviously talk La Liga and Serie A to begin with, Mike, because mm. in La Liga in particular, I watch the games in both. I you know, have multiple TVs in my office and um, I'm trying to watch as many games as possible. But La Liga did not disappoint yesterday. And for some reason, I kept on going to Celta Vigo's game with Barcelona and um, I had a feeling I may have placed a little wager that Celta Vigo were going to get that victory and it <laughs> did happen but I actually parlayed it with Valladolid getting the victory against Hatafi thinking mm. Valladolid just, just win the game win the game and you stay up they couldn't and Valladolid went down incredibly so with 40 points Michael Hood this is insane it's incredible given that Valladolid had beaten Getafe earlier in the season away from home 3-2. You know that's going to give you confidence. And Valladolid, they had that sense of, okay, we got this team, we got this team. And given the results that were happening, every team was leaving the back door open for them to survive. They couldn't get it done. I don't even think, what, did they even have a shot on goal? Didn't even think they registered that in this match. Extremely disappointed. You know, if you can't score, you're not going to stay up. You're basically talking about uh, um, our guy, Kyle Lahren here. Kyle Lahren <laughs> obviously had a couple of opportunities. I know Plata had a couple of opportunities as well in this game. But he did have four shots. He did have a few shots that were very, very close, Kyle Lahren here. But not being able to put the ball in the back of the net when all you need to do is just get one goal against a Hitafe side and you're staying in the division. I mean, this is a beautiful <laughs> thing, though, Nigel Rio Cooker. La Liga didn't disappoint. It was at the, the top in the fight for European places. It was the relegation battle. La Liga was class. And I also watched Karim Benzema score his last goal for Real Madrid as well in a game that really mattered against Athletic Club Bilbao. Um, the action never stopped until the final whistle in La Liga. It was a, a joy to watch. It's a great football season for La Liga. And like you said, there really was great to watch and there's excitement. And that's the best thing about football when it goes all the way down to the final days and the final couple of weeks and there's still possibilities that can happen. Going down with 40 points is, is crazy. It's happened before. But that just shows that, you know, when people say about the thing again, that I love it because it's something we can continue to talk about because it helps deter this whole Super League nonsense that people keep talking about because the excitement is still there, even at grassroots level. 
So it definitely was a, a great season for La Liga. Um, and I, I think every league, really, when you look at the last game and what it means and then just understanding the relegation element of it, you and I understand it, Ian. Maybe Mike's quite new to relegation, but it's so exciting. Soccer <laughs> in general. Oh, man, I, I, I missed you guys. I, I was just looking at my phone thinking, when are these two going to absolutely hammer me? I'll just wait to come on House of Champions on Monday and just get my usual hammering. So business as usual. But we can't understate how massive this is for a certain club. Yes, fire the lead, go down. Some other, you know, Celta Vigo, big win. Gabriel Viega, two-goal hero for them. He'll be their new hero up in Northwest Spain. But the one club I was keeping an eye on was Valencia because of U.S. men's national team implications for Eunice Musa. Couldn't have gone worse for him. He's been on the bench and coming off the bench and helping his team, doing his role. But he came in in the 78th minute for Valencia and lasted three minutes, gets a red card in what could be his final appearance, most likely will be his final appearance for Valencia. And now for Valencia, they survived, survived by two points. But Yunus Musa, he will be sold because Valencia need the money. Did you see the tackle, Michael? Yeah, raked him in the back of the leg. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a clear red card there. I felt very sorry for him. He didn't he didn't clearly mean to catch him in the way he did do. And unfortunately, with video review, when they slow it down, it looks worse than what it really is. When we played before video review, you just get up and get on with it. But now players are embellishing contact because they know video review is going to look at absolutely everything now if you just slow the game down. It's just, you know, I, I'm getting really pissed off with the fact that players are rolling around like crazy on the ground now. It's just the game think- is totally gone, man. Do you know what it is? It's it's it's. I understand where it's coming from. I think what they need to do now is add X players, players with a bit of intelligence, where they can say, "Look, that's a natural movement there. There's no maliciousness point. in there." Because I think when you're looking from a, re- a referee's perspective, you're only thinking as a referee. You have to understand as a player's perspective. They need that player's input in there now for some of these tackles and common sense decisions have to be made. You know, you look at Casemiro's. Um, attempting the FA Cup final this weekend that yep. was slowed down and it does look bad but it was genuine a bit more so than I would say than it wasn't a red card offence you know and players know when another player is going to hurt someone because players have done it like I've done it plenty of times I know when I'm trying to hurt you and I know when I'm making a genuine attempt so I think that if they can get some kind of players input in with the video assistant referees then it will probably get better Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Producer Des is trying to get us to move on to Serie A, but we're absolutely not going to do that right now because we have (laughs) to discuss Atletico Madrid bottling it in the last minute to make it 2-2. Pascual scored an equalizing goal. I think it was the 90-plus two minutes there against his Atletico Madrid with Real Madrid tying 1-1. We thought maybe there's a chance for Atleti to just leapfrog into that second spot in La Liga. Didn't quite happen. Producer Des is telling me to move on now, Kian, before (laughs) you get into trouble. Let's move on to Serie A. Also, before we do... uh, uh, shout out to Almeria as well, by the way. Uh, M. Yeah. Barabas goal in the 88th minute there to equalize, yeah. keeping them up. Fabulous. Uh, move on to Serie A. Serie A was pretty spectacular, Mike. And uh, we got to talk about the relegation because I didn't know this was necessarily the case with Serie A, that they could go to a playoff game um, if you were level on points there. But Spezia and Hellas Verona will have that one playoff game with the relegation after ending the season tied on 31 points. I was watching Roma against Spezia. At one point, they had the lead in that game. crazy. It was a good game. It was a very good game. And um, unfortunately for them, Roma's quality just shone through, even though Roma were not at their best. Oh, this is the first time I think we've seen a playoff relegation battles, I think since 2005 between Parma and Bologna. And there's reasons for that because, I mean, Serie A teams, usually the teams at the bottom, 
you know which teams aren't going to make it. And, you know, this is what happens when you're Spezia in particular. I look at the two strikers, Inzola and Giassi. These are players that could step up and play in certain teams above them in the table. These are Spezia, they've beaten both Milan sides They at home. But mm-hmm. now with the playoff relegation game, it's at a neutral site. It'll nullify that home field advantage. And for Verona, playing against Milan, they couldn't cope with the pace and the dynamic movement of Rafael Leal. Got two goals in that matchup. I give the edge to Spezia because they have the speed, they have the power, and Inzola runs in the channels. And if you can't cope with the likes of Leal, you won't be able to cope with the likes of Inzola because he'll get in the left channel and square it for Giassi for a finish. You know, Ian, Mike, the, the big thing about football is the beauty of this game is, you know, for new fans, we've got the young fans. One club that's gone down, we haven't spoken about how big a club they are in history in Italian football, Sampdoria. Yep. Mm. Them yeah. going down again just shows just how that's the game has point. changed so much now. Because historically, Sampdoria were one of the big staple diets of Italian football. And they find themselves relegated again. Nigel, they won three games from 38 games this season and um, they did lose 25 games. So I can't imagine the players were too happy with their bonuses uh, that season for Sampdoria. They were poor to watch, man. And they had, in my personal opinion with Sampdoria in particular, far too many lone players. They had way too much experience, obviously not performing. Um, it, it was just the thing is, well, it, to watch them. When you look at the old Sampdoria, they always used to produce. Their academy yeah. was absolutely yeah. sensational. And that's, a, I think, a big aspect of football now that a lot of these clubs are going away from. They need to go back into the development mode because they used to have an academy that was sensational, not just in Italy, but in Europe. And they've gone away from that. And then when you get so many loans, it doesn't work out. Because the same thing happened as well in Spain with um, Granada was another team that did that with so many loans at one point. You're yep. going to get no continuity, no no real connectiveness and togetherness. <laughs> yeah, real quickly before we do move away from Serie A, Roma and Atalanta sailing the Europa League spots there, Michael. You obviously watched a bit of Roma game. Dybala making a big difference, man. He's just oh, such a top, gosh. top quality player. Um, Tammy Abraham, I don't know if you guys oh. saw it, but the disastrous ACL, ACL injury, uh, really awkward fall on his knee, kind of twisted it as he hyperextended his knee and you knew immediately this was bad news for him, Mike. Uh, I, I feel for him. This is a guy who it hasn't gone his way. Last season, it was their talisman. He was leading the line, scoring goal after goal. And for a relentless worker, you see the work he put in in that Europa League final. And I just, I just feel for him. This is a guy who is bought into Italian soccer in Syria, bought into Jose Mourinho's, Mourinho's way. And to have your season end like that, gutted for him. But Paulo Dybala. This guy, what, I think 23 of his last 26 penalty kicks, he's converted. This guy's cool under pressure, and he is a difference maker. Roma, the best thing they can do is not just keep Dybala, but if they can keep Jose Mourinho, now you can attract other players who will want to come and play with a star like Paulo Dybala. Real quickly, yeah. Nigel, uh, does, does, uh, go ahead. I add on Tommy in, and I want to also hear from you about Mourinho. Does he leave Roma? Go ahead. Tammy, I feel sorry for. I felt that probably he probably would have got a move this summer. I think there would have been quite a few interested parties in Tammy Abraham and it's just a sad way to go. And it's always difficult when you get these injuries, especially towards the end of the season. Again, it depends on relationships. But for me, Jose Mourinho is going to leave. I, I can't see him staying at Roma. I, I really can't. You know, for him to really make Roma as competitive they want, they need massive more investment. They really need to get a, a squad that can compete. Tammy and Dybala, for me, have been the two big difference makers and at the level, the highest level of European football, you need a squad. We talk about it when you look at the best teams and the squad and the players they have on the bench. We can't say that with Roma. So I think we need to give Jose Mourinho as a manager a lot more credit for what he's done with that squad 
at Roma. Like, he's overachieved. Reality, when you go player for player, squad for squad, he's massively overachieved. I think that Paris Saint-Germain really are trying to do things the right way and I would not be surprised if he does end up in PSG. I think that's the kind of project that would suit him and I think that's the kind of manager that they will back and open the books for. Do you know what? Yesterday I was doing a little digging and um, I don't know if it was Des who put it in the notes, but someone had mentioned the the preferred choice for Paris Saint-Germain would be Julian Nagelsmann with Thierry Henry as assistant coach for PSG. And I thought, oh my God, that sounds like it could be a (laughs) disaster. That is absolutely a disaster train. That is a disaster train happening. I, yeah, I, I can really see Thierry only wanting to sit back and say, yeah, I'm assistant, I'm assistant. <laughs> yeah, right. Little, well, man, yeah. Little German USMNT man, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought the USMNT job was coming. No? We'll have to wait and see what happens with USMNT because apparently no one wants to take that job right now, Michael <laughs> Hood. That's the biggest problem they've got, especially with the World Cup right around the corner. All right, quick chat on uh, what's happening with Kareem Benzema before we do jump to a quick break. Obviously, Kareem Benzema played his last game for Real Madrid yesterday. Reports are that he is gone. The, the contract is already uh, done and dusted. Uh, 200 million euros a year. Uh, contract until 2025, if I'm not mistaken here. Michael, come back to you first on this one because obviously Kareem Benzema's legacy is just absolutely phenomenal. 25 trophies in 14 seasons. And many people will always talk about the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo was Mr. Real Madrid when it comes to winning trophies. But for me, the work done behind the scenes, especially in the shadows of Cristiano Ronaldo, it was Kareem Benzema who was keeping this train rolling. I liken it to when Shaq and Kobe Bryant were together with the LA Lakers. And for those of you who remember that, I mean, they were unstoppable. What, three-peat, and it looked like it was never going to end. Shaq leaves, goes to Miami, wins his one, and everyone's saying, okay, it was all Shaq. But then Kobe was left to do it on his own. This is what I think of when I think of Kareem Benzema. When CR7 left, that was the player that he was doing all the work for, much like Kobe was doing for Shaq. But now that in that last season, scoring 15 goals, Cristiano Ronaldo has the record in UEFA Champions League in a single season record, 17, then 16. And now Big Ben's along with Robert Lewandowski last season cemented his legacy for me. What happened this season, winning in below door, on his own, yes, assisted by Vinicius Jr., but this guy showed that, hey, what he was doing behind the scenes and setting up the likes of Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo, as much as it was going unappreciated by world football, Carlo Ancelotti really saw something in him. To give him the armband, no Sergio Ramos, he led by example last season for Real Madrid, and it's paid off in the Ballon d'Or, and it's paid off in his legacy. Mm-hmm. Nigel. Yeah, Kareem Benzema for me is Mr. Real Madrid. You talk about the likes of Raul and the legends have gone there. Kareem Benzema is in that boat. Mr. Real Madrid, 14 years, won it all, done it all, seen it all. World player of the year. He embedded what it is to play for Real Madrid and what it means. He didn't always get the shine or recognition. He reminds me a bit, as Michael went with Shaq and Kobe, I would say Kareem Benzema, because of his personality, was a bit of Allen Iverson. So to the world, it wasn't palated because he's a bit of a bad boy of football. Not as bad as Ibrahimovic, but he is a bad boy of football. So he probably didn't get the recognition because of maybe his outside image of the game. But what he did, you can't deny the talent that he had. And uh, good luck to him. I'm not I'm not actually surprised that he's making this move. Um, you know, some of us who come from those type of areas, we know how some of these guys operate and think. But he's, he is Mr. Real Madrid. You know, that's it. We'll come back to that in just a minute here, Nigel, before we do hit the break, especially when it comes to finances. Um, but real quickly, 
I can't imagine Real Madrid are too happy. I can only imagine there's a sense of panic right now as to how in hell you replace Karim Benzema because they would have pretty much been working on the fact and and you have to work in advance when you're looking at the next season. You can't just like make changes within weeks. It has to be work that goes in for months to be able to replace a player like a Karim Benzema and maybe even a year to try and replace someone like him. So Real Madrid are behind right now as to finding that replacement or are they behind Michael Hood? Who would be the perfect replacement in your eyes? And what is a realistic uh, replacement for him? Oh, there's only two strikers of world-class caliber in world football. And that Nigel, I'm not going to steal your shine in it because you named one of them and Victor Osiman and Harry Kane. Realistically, though, I think of the likes of Bobby Firmino. I think that that's a player who's already on their radar in that Kareem Benzema sort of form, playing as a false nine to bring in the likes of Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo. And he's not going to cost you as much as some of the other players. <laughs> but Harry Kane and Victor Osiman, those are the two that you have to go after at all costs. They're the two best ones, Ian. But let's remember this. When you talk about Real Madrid, you might think they're behind. But when Real Madrid say they're interested in a player, all players' heads go out, well, like, yeah, yeah, their commitment to their contract or whatever club they're at, forget it. It's Real Madrid. They will go. So Real Madrid are one of those clubs where they come knocking. You can never say that they're behind. It's the same as Manchester City. Now, really, in world football, you look at some of these clubs, they're not left behind. They're the two best strikers that Mike said in the likes of Harry Kane and Osserman. Depending which one they go for, I'd probably say Kane is probably going to be the more recognised one in the sense of consistently season in, season out. He is a natural goal scorer. He is a natural goal scorer. But the difference he's got to understand is when you go and play for Real Madrid, there's an element of style of goals and skill that comes to it and style of play that the Spanish audience want to see. So I think he'll be great there. I think it's the perfect match. And I think Tottenham would rather sell Harry Kane to Real Madrid than to one of their rivals in the English Premier League in the likes of Manchester United or anyone else. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I agree with you, Nigel. There, as far as uh, Real Madrid being prepared for this, because it's going to take mm. hundred plus to get Osman away from um, Napoli, and there's no guarantees he's going to be able to score the goals that they need to re- replace uh, Karim Benzema. If you're looking at the same stature yeah, of player, you've got to look at an Mbappe, which he can he signed yeah. a contract to stay on at PSG. You've got to look at Erlen Haaland, which apparently was his dream to play for Real Madrid, and yet he went to Manchester City. I mean, last year you could have got Erling Haaland for seventy five million 75 million was his buyout clause at Manchester City. so don't tell me that Real Madrid are lagging behind because they missed the boat on that one he already claimed that uh, his, yeah, but, uh, uh, listen, let's, let's be real as good as Erling Haaland has done like you said we've already seen clippings come out that at Real Madrid is his dream Mbappe said the same thing if they could come to an agreement and say right we could give you this and that these players will go to Real Madrid that's my so, point that's from why I was saying, that, you, you're, you're yeah. saying Erling Haaland would leave Manchester City no, now not a, not not a go chance. to Real Madrid not yes he would chance. no chance wait 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 Michael let me finish this let me yeah. say my point he's, he's already dominated the Premier League look what he's done with the goal scoring he's got if they win the Champions League he's done the treble in his first year of Manchester City <laughs> Why would he not go to Real Madrid and be long-term at Real Madrid? Why would he stay? He's done it. Think like a player. Let's not be silly about this now. Next year. Because there's always no. next year to do the treble again. He's, and the he's year done after the treble, to do the treble Ian, again. Ian, not gonna do there's it only, two clubs, the, there's only two clubs in England that's done... Well, if Manchester City do it, there'll only be two clubs who've ever done the treble in England. And they're both the Manchester clubs. He's already conquered England where they cannot even deny him. And then now you can go to Real Madrid, one of the biggest clubs in the world, where to win that World Player of the Year, he pretty much has to be there, really and truly. That's why I say, when you say Real Madrid, you're not lacking behind. 
I'm, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing that move just because it's so dependent on if Manchester City can find a way to keep the band back together. If you're Erling Holland, why would you leave when you already have a set group of players who you're winning with? You see it so much in sports. Michael, he said, and it's been leaked out. Real Madrid is his dream move. His family's but like it's already been but, out there. But it's he has a dream team. He's a dream a, team around him. Out there for a reason. You're, he's leaving on the highest of highs. He's coming. But he's only can, I, can I just add something here now? Can I, <laughs> can I just add one more thing before we go to break? That go his on. father's no longer welcome at the Bernabeu anymore. Just so mm-hmm. we don't forget that there. Oh, they're his welcoming father. now. <laughs> we're <with> <laughs> and champagne. No, if he gets just, just, Allen now with what he's done, they're welcoming with caviar and champagne. Trust me. Just Go very ahead, quick, when we talk about is Madrid ready for this, I, I agree with you in that they're not because <laughs> what four 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 attackers, four strikers leaving all at once. Eden Hazard, I mean, absolute flop, and we'll talk more about that if he's <laughs> the worst signing of all time. But absolute flop, Mariana Diaz, more of less of a flop, excuse me, than than Howard, but still a flop. Asensio out and now Benzema, you're telling me Real Madrid was prepared for that throughout this season? Absolutely no not. Chance. I think, okay, it, wait, I think wait, it's wait. panic station. No, we don't have any more time, Nigel. We got to go no, to break. And I'm going to go to break before, before on this call right now. Hold on. This one's for you, Nigel. It says uh, Ed jumping in and says, for 100 million a year, I think NRC will sprint out of retirement. <laughs> well, maybe not sprint out of retirement. You can have an answer when we come back from break. We got to go to break. We're 24 minutes into the show. And apparently this was, was supposed to be under 50 minutes. Guys, take us a break. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back into the House of Champions debate show where we're going to give Nigel Rio Coker the floor to answer Michael LaHood right now. Go ahead, Nigel. Oh, boy. No, I'm not, I'm not motivated by money, mate, so I can't come out of retirement. That family what? man now. Interesting um, point. No, oh. what Mike said is right. You said they're not prepared, right? Let's not forget, we're not even talking about Endrick, the young Brazilian that they bought for 60, 70 million. So like you said about, they're not, Real Madrid are prepared. The only thing is right now, yes, they need a, a recognized goal scorer. But look at the market. It's a selling market right now. And again, I'll keep saying it. When you say Real Madrid, these players will go. There's certain clubs as a player, when you know these clubs are interested in you, you're going to go. We can't act like footballers are very loyal people, just like clubs are not very loyal. So... I think, again, if Erling Haaland leaves, and this is just hypothetically speaking, he's conquered England and achieved tremendous stuff at the high to go to Real Madrid. I don't think there's any Manchester City fan that's going to begrudge them. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. I think they've got a great midfield, no doubt about it. What they've done is they've set themselves up for a decade of football coming forward uh, from that midfield. Maybe they could do with some work along that centre-back position. Uh, clearly got one of the best goalkeepers in world football right now. Don't forget, let's back 
Yeah. Okay. Listen, I'm going to move on real quickly because we got to fire through the second segment before I get fired. Uh, Lionel Messi leaving Paris Saint-Germain. And uh, I watched the game this weekend. There was a lot of booze in Paris. They got beat by Glermont at home. Um, three goals to two. <laughs> it was embarrassing watching PSG over the last final weekdays. I'm glad Jonathan Johnson's not in here to basically just get after them even more. But rumor has it now, Michael, that George Messi has met with Laporta and says that his son would prefer a move to Barcelona. Mm. We're also wow. hearing that there's a potential massive offer coming in from Saudi who are apparently dumping in billions and billions of dollars to football to strengthen their league. Where's your thoughts with this? Is uh, football romantic? I, I hope he goes back to Barcelona, but I can't see how that's going to work out. Barcelona, there's rumors because of the financial restrictions. I mean, they, they've sold so many levers. The only thing left to sell is out the alphabets in their name. So maybe if they sell everything but the B in Barcelona, they might still have money left over to buy other players. I mean, Messi is a world figure, world icon. This was supposed to be the moment where he goes back and ties a bow on just a storied career the greatest player of all time. I still think that's how you move though. That's a lot of money to turn down. And if it doesn't work out financially with Barcelona, he's going to Saudi Arabia. Wow. Ian, you hear that? Mm -hmm. The American is not even talking about the American league. He didn't even mention anything about Inter Miami. Michael. Wow. Mm -hmm. You disgust me, you fake American. I'm I'm staying out of that chat, man. That's, that's... I've got a question for you, Ian. I've got a question for you and Mike. Right. Let's be real. We know we're living in a bit of a corporate world now and how football is. I'm not, I'm not in agreement with it. And the way I, I love it is I love grassroots stories like the fact of Luton Town being promoted to Premier League from where they come from. That's the yep. beauty of football that we need to keep pushing. But think about this. Do you not think somehow, some way, La Liga will work with Barcelona, even though they, they know Barcelona have messed up a lot financially? Because mm -hmm. think about what getting Messi back to La Liga means for the league as a whole. Yes. Especially after losing Benzema. Yeah. Now you've lost Benzema now with the issues with Vinicius Jr. because that's not going to stop. You know, next year he's going to continue to get racially abused. Do you not think that La Liga will somehow overlook certain things and speak to other clubs to say, listen, whether you like it or not, we need to make this happen because then we can all earn <laughs> TV revenue. I'm just saying. Mike, you want to answer that? Um, no, I'll let you go. I was too busy laughing at uh, something. That <laughs> La Liga La Liga has to do uh, something drastic and something important. And producer Des is jumping in our private chat here saying also the same thing. La Liga needs to do something drastic. But let's not forget who's running La Liga right now. It's a freaking idiot that's running La Liga right now. And um, politically, what has gone wrong for La Liga this campaign has been maybe overshadowed with the fact that La Liga has been very entertaining to watch this year. With relegation, I think six teams could have got relegated on that final match day. It was it was must-watch football. And promotion, and not promotion, but the fight for Europe. I think it was five teams fighting for those European places in the end there, um, which I think also sooner claimed it. Um, it was must-watch football, and it was great to watch. It was good football. It was good entertainment. But you cannot forget that this league has been overshadowed this year with what has gone on off the field. The fan trouble with um, racism, chants, monkey chants, everything directed at Vinicius Jr. And also I would take, I would extend that and say that on the field there's a problem as well. Because what I'm seeing now in La Liga more than anything else is players being targeted. Vinicius Jr. being the obvious choice. Players are going after him now. Players are wanting a reaction for him. Yeah. I don't know if that is racially motivated or if it's professionally motivated. But what people are doing right now is they're wanting a reaction from young players. It's making me say to young players, now obviously you talked about Endrick going to Real Madrid, not want to go to play mm -hmm. in La Liga. 
anymore because there's no protection from the league. And the, the league right now is having a big problem keeping their superstars. So to be able to attract Lionel Messi, the league has to do something. They have to do something. They got to make it feasible for Barcelona to make this move work because I don't see him going to any other club, although it would have been pretty awesome to see him play for Real Madrid. Dare I say it. I'm only saying that it's a moment ago. Um, but I just don't see it. Mike, what's your thoughts? I just I struggle with that. I hear what both of you are saying in terms. Don't be of diplomatic. Just let no, me say something. Don't be diplomatic sh- and sit on the fence. All right. I'm not sitting on the fence. I'm going for blood. I, I struggle with that because Barcelona. There's just so much scandal that they've been involved in with the levers, with the refereeing stuff. And yes, as a football purist, as someone who wants to see La Liga, especially I, I have more excitement about La Liga because Sevilla winning than I do the thought of Messi going back to Barcelona. For Messi himself, yes, this would be awesome for his own Mike, story for football fans. But I, I just this is, Mike, this is the point. This is much. bigger. This is bigger than Barcelona. This is for the league as a whole. That's what you got to think. You got to think from to those compete. corporate guys' point yeah. of view. This is what they'll say. Listen, Messi comes back here. There's going to be massive TV revenue interest. There's going to be viewership around the world. We're all going to eat. Fans will. Other clubs will have to swallow the pill of the situation with Barcelona, and you can punish them at a later date. But they need. A superstar. They need Lionel Messi to come back. And I think that they'll try and work to make it happen because the worst thing they can do is lose Lionel Messi to go to somewhere else because what has the league got? Ian's made all the points with Vinicius Jr., with the racism trouble. Players can see everything now. Why would they want to go to La Liga? They'll just go to Serie A. I'm not saying that's but they'll go I'd to even, I'd even say as far as young black players now yeah. would not want to go to La Liga. And I would well, even go as far yeah. as to say as Vinicius Jr., might be looking for an exit. We'll probably an exit leave. away. Hundred yeah. percent. He might be looking for an exit. If it happens next year, he I, I will would. leave, and there will be big takers, yeah. big big takers. You know, Paris Saint Germain will be there in a heartbeat. Probably oh, Chelsea man. will be there in a heartbeat as well. <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Saudi, Saudi. I would say that's <laughs> oh, no, Saudi Arabia. Saudi, get it. It's Saudi, Saudi, Saudi would put him on the country flag just to get him over. Man, he's. <laughs> I can see it right now. I can see it. Nigel Rio Coker takes a head coaching job in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, right. Alali's new coach, baby. Everyone has a price, Nigel Rio Coker. All right, we got to discuss the FA Cup final really quickly. We're we're oh. really pushing the show. Uh, sorry, Mike. I'm going to come to you first on this one. I apologize uh, to him. We, we only have 12 seconds to talk through this uh, show here because 12 seconds is apparently all it takes to lose this cup final. Um, I hadn't even got my text message <laughs> off to my father saying, let's hope United put out a good performance before Manchester City scored thanks to Gundogan, the fastest goal in FA Cup history. And it wasn't Manchester United's day. No, it wasn't. I, I was having amnesia thinking about approaching this when we had it in the rundown. And I was thinking, ah, there was a game at the weekend. I, I don't know, FA Cup or something. And now mm-hmm. I know why Ilkay Gudnigan, this guy has an S on his chest, man. He, I said it before, he is the Mr. October or Mr. November of baseball when it comes to Manchester City and when it comes to football. Both volleys, the first one world-class, but with Fury Manchester United, Christian Eriksen, Casemiro, Fred, they were chasing shadows. That box in midfield for Man City, it's crippled many a teams, and it absolutely devastated Manchester United at the weekend. They, I mean, they couldn't get close to him, and they had a gift of a penalty kick call to get into the match. And as a United yeah. fan, I, I and I text all of you guys when we were going back and forth, of, was it a PK? It, it shouldn't have been a PK. But even as a United fan, I couldn't even let my bias get in the way of that. And even of a gift of a call, <laughs> it, it put Band-Aid on what w- was a clear ass beating from Mike, uh, 
I thought the less you say, the better it is. But keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, Nige. Clearly, clearly you want to put the salt in the wounds. Not rocket science. Man United are still miles apart. This is Michael's already covered the game, so I'm not even going to go there again. I'm just going to give I'm just going to leave some thoughts for people to think about. Eric Ten Hag's stock as a manager has gone tremendously up because you look at what he's achieved and done with this Manchester United side. For Manchester United to compete at the highest level again, the Glazier family need to go. If they don't Mm -hmm. go, they're never going to compete. That's just the reality of it because they're still acting like they want to sell the club, but they don't want to sell the club because they know financially what they can achieve from this club. That is why they're stalling on selling the club because they want to still be involved in the corner somewhere making money off this club. Until they leave, you're not going to be successful. What you need to worry about now is if this continues, Eric Ten Hag has showed how much of a tremendous manager he is potentially. He's a manager that can take big clubs. And there's a lot of big clubs who need a manager like him. He could probably leave if this continues with the nonsense that Manchester United is. Your squad is nowhere near as good enough as Manchester City. Look at the substitutions were made and the quality of players that was coming on. Calvin Phillips can't even get a game at Manchester City and how much do they pay for him? Alvarez, a World Cup winning striker, stayed on the bench. And uh, we know who came on for Manchester United. So let's just leave it at that. But it was a great cup final. <laughs> Good round, sensational. What a volley. End of story. Great goal. Yeah, great goal. And then yeah. we did discuss the fact that uh, Gundogan was going to have an important uh, part to play in cup finals. And I don't think that's the last story he has written at Manchester City just yet. Apparently rumoured to be negotiation for an extended year, potentially two more years at Manchester wow. City. It's difficult to replace Gundogan uh, yeah. just because of the experience that he has on that field, but also the the quality and, and what he does, what he brings to that, that Ian, group of players. It's yeah. phenomenal. Who's out there, Ian? Hmm. Who's out there? And then the thing is, you know as well, Ian, when you've got players like that who've embedded in the club on one thing, they set a culture and a precedence for any younger player coming through. So if you get someone with potential to stay there for two years watching Gundogan and learning under the wings, it's only going to benefit the club. That's the best thing because players like that don't Mm. come around often. Let me just add someone who's in a similar mode who played at the same club would be Jude Bellingham. Bellingham is a similar mold yeah. player to Gundogan. He yep. scores goals, That's he gets strange. into the box, he is a leader, yeah. he motivates, he pushes. Uh, he might actually, and I'm just going to throw this out there and apologize to every say. German out there, but I think Jude Bellingham could be a better player than Gundogan um, has been in his career. And Gundogan's obviously a World Cup winner, fabulous player, um, but I think Bellingham has the ability and the the brain, the mentality, the professionalism to be a better player. Just just throwing it out there. Yeah. I think you. Would I agree with you. I think I the think, potential is there. The yeah. potential yeah. is there. Think, but he has to do I it. Think, I think a thing that he has that Gundogan doesn't. He has all those same things. The physical prowess. The physical prowess Athletic. to compete, to battle, to ride tackles. That's something that gives him a bit of an edge. If he can keep that up, I mean, when he gets in the box, in the Bundesliga, how many times have we seen him ride a challenge, turn his body one way, push a defender off, and slot yeah. a pass or make, or make a goal happen? Yeah, what I, what I love about him is just the fact that he don't care who he's playing against. This guy just loves football and he, and he wants to be the best he can be. So Manchester City win the final by two goals to one. And just to read out real quickly before we just discuss Manchester United and then head to break here. Trophies won by Manchester City since Sheikh Mansour took over the club. Seven Premier League titles, six League Cups, three Community Shields and now three FA Cups. Uh, is there a Champions League incoming? That's the question mark we're all waiting to see. We'll find out next weekend. Smiles from everybody out there. Uh, Mike Ollohood, Manchester United 
obviously, as uh, Nigel pointed out there, sometimes it is a bit laughable with the squad depth here. Um, but there was comments mm-hmm. from Roy Keane about Mason Mount not being able to help this club going forward. And obviously, we still continue to hear yeah. the links of a Harry Kane coming to the club. Manchester United did need to make moves in the transfer window to be a better football club to compete in the Premier League once again. Uh, they absolutely do. And it's getting that center forward position locked in first and foremost. I agree with working about Mason Mount. When I heard Fabrizio Romano talk about Mason Mount, I want to give you something about Mason Mount. Yes, that first season, the assist in the Champions League final had a quality first season under or under Thomas Tuchel, not his actual first season. But under Tuchel, yes, that was a good campaign in the Champions League. But Mason Mount, what he contributes to Chelsea, he's actually a good defensive player. He tracks back, wins the ball, and then creates counterattacking. United, they do not need more midfield players. They needed a defensive midfield player next to Casemiro. They do need more box- midfield players. They need the right, right. one. Bro. Let me continue. <laughs> they need a box-to-box midfield player that's going to complement Casemiro. Mason Mount is not it. Don't think that's the right fit. Jude? At striker, though. Oh, my gosh. I oh, Yes, please, Jude, come. That is the sort of player they need. <laughs> That is a sort of player they need. Every team needs that. But Harry Kane, if you are Eric Ten Hag, if you are the board, get him at all costs. Marcus Rashford, I do not want to see him play center forward unless it's in a 4-4-2 again for United. You cannot compete against Manchester City if you don't have a striker. Bare minimum, you need to have a recognizable striker to create any threat. Anytime United try to do... Who? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who <laughs> anytime that United tried to play that blind pass as they've done throughout the season over the top Kyle Walker you have three center backs racing down it was 3v1 on Rashford all day you're never going to win an FA Cup like that interesting comment coming in from Ed here Mike he says your thoughts on Tyler Adams to Manchester United not good enough as, rot- as a rotation player Maybe, but I don't think that's the right move. I think that another team can take a hand on it. If we were getting players like Tyler Adams, not the right move. Yeah. This yep. is just an example, again, of what Manchester United are about. The, re- the the recruitment and the players and picking, there's no structure, no plan. There hasn't been for a while. If you've got yep. any common sense, listen to Eric Ten Hag. Whoever Eric Ten Hag wants, give it to him. I but agree. For me, I don't see Mason Mount fitting down with Roy Keane. I think Mason Mount sits, suits more of a Liverpool. If you want the midfielder that Manchester United want, there's only one for me that's available. Caicedo. Caicedo mm-hmm. from Brighton is the perfect midfielder of what Manchester United want. Being able to mm-hmm. be that defensive rock, comfortable getting the ball in tight areas and making things happen. He should be the number one target. Let's not try and reinvent the wheel. Manchester United have always been their greatest with a striker. Do we need to name all the top world-class strikers and great strikers they've had at that club? They don't yeah. have one right now. So Harry Kane, for me, would be a great start if they can get him. If not, yeah. like we said, again, the only other one that they need top level is Osman. But all of this is down to whether the Glaziers are going to put the money in and really want to compete or just keep running Manchester United as just a financial successful club where they're very comfortable and enjoying life. Yeah, well said. Uh, quick uh, note here to let you know that Day of Pokal obviously took place this weekend as well. RB Leipzig won by two goals to nil against Eintracht Frankfurt. Christopher Nkunku, new oh. Chelsea player, scored uh, <laughs> he scored in each of his last four appearances in his Day of Pokal. Get this one, he scored 23 goals across all competitions, uh, four and four in the Day of Pokal. Uh, his last game for the club and uh, he won Golden Boot and he was out <laughs> injured for four yeah. and a half 
months. Uh, incredible statistic right there. They are back-to-back champions, and they're only one of three clubs to be able to do it. Uh, Schalke did it in 2001 and two. Bayern Munich have done it multiple times, and Leipzig now 22 and 23 champions of Germany. Last game for Oliver Glasner. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Great work in cup competition for Frankfurt. Nowhere near good enough in the Bundesliga. Quick break from us. We're going to discuss uh, some of the retirees from the legends of the game and uh, also the uh, UEFA Europa Conference League that is coming up between Fiorentina and West Ham. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to House of Champions. Enjoy Nigel Rio Coker, Michael LaHood. Uh, jump in the conversation as much as you possibly can and feel free to leave a comment. We have a few great comments coming in. Um, clearly, some people are a bit irritated by my choice of words here. So, uh, Ed jumping in saying, Ian, you can never call Javier Tebas an idiot. I think they prefer the term mentally challenged. <laughs> I love that comment, Ed. <laughs> you know exactly where I'm going with this one here. Uh, we do have, obviously, some legends who have retired from the game. Nigel, I want to touch upon this uh, because obviously very difficult understanding to leave the game um, most of us never wanted to leave the game we were forced to leave the game there are certain players who continue to play on until they can no longer play on and uh, Zlatan retired this weekend announcing his retirement immediately following the game terrific reception from Milan the way they handled this post game was outstanding and this is how legends who by the way in his 40s now should retire absolute legend of the game <laughs> more than a footballer he's an absolute yeah. character of the game he makes people who might not even be interested in football get interested in football because of him. I love players like Zlatan because of the personality that he is. I'm not going to say I agree with everything he said, but I love the confidence that he has, the character and the man that he has. He's retired, which is it's, it's always difficult and hard, but you always see he's going to be still part of football. Like He's too big a character to walk away from the game itself. The hardest part is making that transition now, not being in that dressing room, not being part of that team, the training, the traveling, the laughs and the jokes that you you can never put it into words. And that's when people always ask you what it's like. You can't put it into words. I can give you a basic foundation of it, but to really live it is when you really understand what it's like. But, you know, unbelievable career, unbelievable personality for the game of football. And I'm sure he's still going to be involved in it. Mike? Yeah, what, I, what impressed me most, and I love everything you said about you know, being a footballer, being in the locker room, that's one of the things I always miss. There's nothing like the locker room. And for yeah. those of you who have gotten a chance to be in a locker room at whatever level, that is a sacred space. And, you know, I, I still miss it. And whenever I go play pickup or anything or get a chance to go back to a locker room for a club, I something comes alive in me. But when I look at Zlatan's career, he did it in different countries, wherever he went, he was the same Zlatan, had that audacity to do things, try things, say things, and put his stamp of authority on different leagues. When I look at what he did in Milan, he went back to Milan, older in his career, and he was scoring goals in his late 30s. But what impressed me the most, he gave that winning mentality, that sort of winning presence in the locker room to lead them to that Scudetto to your, to your last season. 
His comments yesterday were sensational. Milan have since posted it on their social media. So if you get a chance to go and listen to it, it's absolutely fantastic. It makes the hair stand up. Um, but he also, at one point while he was doing his comments, you had the Hellas Verona fans booing him because he was up there and he said, listen to this, he said, hey, hey, be quiet. Let me have my words. This is the greatest moment of your season so far, <laughs> being able to see me out here with a microphone. It was just oh, awesome. Zlatan. And uh, managed to watch him, obviously, closely in uh, Major League Soccer. I was actually there at his final Major League Soccer game and just seeing the stature of him and what he did in MLS was outstanding. Obviously, uh, being a part of so many great clubs and uh, an absolute legend and icon of the game. I would have loved to have seen him do more national team-wise. I just don't think uh, Sweden were up to it. But yeah. what he did in club football uh, was just absolutely outstanding. Real quickly, Des jumping in and saying he also said in his press conference, if the decision was up to Raiola, I would have kept playing because he wanted the commission fees. Sorry, Mino, but it's the truth. And of course, he's talking about his late agent, uh, Mino Raiola, who was uh, just a, another legend of the game. Um, let's just discuss real quickly Matteo Lujos, uh, the referee in Spain, who also retired this weekend. He got the guard of honor, which is absolutely fabulous to see obviously tremendous respect for him one of the most controversial referees in world football is a FIFA referee since if I'm not mistaken about 2010 2011 and um, the game between Mallorca and Rayo was his last game here Mike uh certainly a legend of the game whether we like it or not yeah controversy is what I think of when I think of him he, look <laughs> he was someone who had just a knack of having a way of making the game whatever big game he refed about him in this photo i'm surprised he's not giving a yellow card or red card and just to culminate a career that was just <laughs> so focused on giving cards at the end of the day if if you like him or you hate him you can't say that he wasn't willing to take a chance on giving cards out so hey congrats to you i hope you go somewhere like ibiza go right off in the sun and <laughs> never back. have a good group retirement <laughs> I think, Ian, for me, you know, when you talk about greatest refs, there's only one picture that comes into my yeah. mind. Say it. Kalina. Yep. He's the greatest ref ever. And the thing about him is, I don't think any football fan can ever say that he made the game about him or anything like that. He was the best referee at being a referee and partial. Like, he, he, just, he just was in total control. When you talk about just ice cold and that stare that he used to give when he opened up his eyes and the players, like... Every player, every club, every manager respected him. Yeah. And those were the days of football with real big characters where players yeah. would try you. But when he was refereeing, even the biggest personalities in the pitches would not try him. He, for me, he's one of the greatest. I think he um, obviously was an icon of the game that players looked up to at Kalina. And um, yeah. I think Lou Hawes, obviously, and other um, officials out there who have got character learned from Kalina and how he handled players and tried to communicate yeah. with players because Kalina was terrific. He tried to have a relationship with players on the field and you kind of respected mm -hmm. that. Obviously, the game has completely changed right now um, and, and he didn't have uh, the use of what they have right now in the game. Yeah, but for sure, um, we have to respect what Lou Hawes did. Uh, let's move on and we'll finish uh, quickly on the UEFA Europa Conference League because obviously Nigel we got you here Fiorentina against West Ham now in the final it's a massive game to look forward to obviously for West Ham fans it was a little bit unfortunate the incidents that took place at Alkmaar in the last game um, but delighted to see West Ham get take care of business and get to a final final is going to be taking place in Prague of course you can watch it on uh, Paramount Plus and CBS Sports um, but the build up to this game is brilliant because Fiorentina are not a bad side they're a dangerous team they can beat anyone watch them on Friday against Sassuolo yeah. very very good again 
and against this West Ham side, who, in my personal opinion, they have underperformed the season, yet they're in a final. They could bring their best performance and they might need it in the final. Thousand percent underperformed, but again, it's about run of form and they've hit form at the right time, get themselves to the European final. Um, it's going to be a great game. Florentina are going to be no easy mugs. Uh, West Ham have kind of been saving themselves for this final to at least end their season on the high, but I'm sure Florentina are not going to want that as well. They're going to want to end their season on the high. Worst place that this, this final could take place is in a city called Prague. Because let's just say the beer in Prague is very cheap. I just hope that both sets of fans behave themselves. I've been to Prague. I know how cheap the beer is there. And you've got West Ham fans going there. Just just turn off the tap till at least after the game. I thought you didn't like beer, NRC. You're always giving me crap for uh, sending you all the hey, beer. I'm pick. a man of the world. I don't drink the crap beer that you drink, but oh, I don't mind man. a good beer now and then. <laughs> I set myself up for that as usual. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this final. Fiorentina, obviously, disappointed in the Coppa Italia final. Didn't go their way, but they will be riled up about this one. And I've seen West Ham and I, you know them better than anyone, but I like this Fiorentina side. I think that they're wide players are what make them dangerous and one wide player in particular Nico Gonzalez this guy is a baller and if you give him half an inch he'll take a mile and I think West Ham what they've done well in this cup competition is defensively they've clamped down on teams attackers defensively last season this this team in cup competition reminds me of what made them so difficult to to play against last season was they were good defensively and they knew that they had enough match winners in their ranks where one player would step up to get the goal if they apply that sort of acumen in the final west ham will win but if they have lapses in concentration then fiorentino will win through wide play mm. Interesting. Uh, real quickly, a debate obviously is taking place right now with David Moyes. Is he the right man to lead West Ham going forward? I think he's uh, done a good job at the football club, obviously, but it's been a very difficult year. And be to be able to get back into Europe is never going to be easy for a club like West Ham. But they have spent a ton of money, Nigel. They have spent a ton of money and it just hasn't worked out for them. There's been some poor signings. Maybe injuries hasn't helped them either. There have been some signings who haven't hit the ground running. They haven't had the impact that West Ham probably expected. That's the way I look at it. You want to compare it quickly, you look at Newcastle and their signings and they've been big impact, instant impact straight away. West Ham haven't had the same luxury. The problem that David Moyes has got is right now is there's some top other managers out there with mm -hmm. great credentials that's putting him under pressure. I think he's done tremendously well. The one thing with Moyes is he's not a manager that really rotates his team a lot. And I think that's been one of his biggest problems. Yeah. He hasn't been able to rotate his team a lot. They're still kind of, I would say, they were still kind of celebrating this, uh, the high of last year's European journey, which was absolutely sensational. Yeah. And then this season it was very difficult for them. But when you do that, you need to rotate. And I think that's been his biggest problem. And the signings haven't had the impact. But again, you can question who made the signings. Was it him fully or was it, you know, other people in there? But if they do lose, there's a big chance that he could get the boot I feel even though it's a European final and it might seem harsh to some people but you've got to look at the managers that's available right now you know you talk about Potter you talk about Brendan Rodgers and I know yeah. they're two names that are constantly being mentioned Younger. with West Ham mm. so it's a tough one Mike yeah a question for you Nige as a former West Ham player and obviously someone who follows the team closely if they lose and Moyes goes out who would you tip and who would you want to replace him for a club like that you need to have a manager with a bit of personality a bit of strength uh, a, a bit of aura about him and character i like graham potter but i think that west ham the west ham fan base will be a lot for him 
I feel for me, the, the perfect one right now will probably be a Brendan Rodgers. I think Brendan Rodgers has that personality and charisma to kind of be able to stay in control of that club. And he is a footballing manager and that's what West Ham fans want to see. I think Brendan Rodgers will probably be the better fit at the moment. Might even make a change, Nigel, even if they do win. You know, you yeah. think that yeah. obviously conversations going on regardless right now with the, the managers that are available. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, boys, we've hit 53 minutes. Uh, almost a re- <laughs> almost a record from us. Yes, he's pissed right now, but it was worth it. I think, I think 56 <laughs> is our record. There may be an hour uh, show. I think we've done that. There's never a chance that we could actually just do a show in under 40 minutes, which this is supposed to be every single time, especially when I'm here uh, with a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate you, boys. Thank you so much uh, for all you do. Appreciate you always. We're looking forward to obviously breaking down the action as we head up, obviously closer to the Champions League final at the weekend. Uh, Don't forget, we will be uh, discussing what happened in the Conference League final on Thursday, and we'll also be previewing what's happening with the Champions League final at the weekend, plus discussing the latest transfer news as well. So tune in on Thursday. To everybody out there who's been listening to House of Champions, uh, thank you. Uh, But also take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and NOS. You're listening to podcasts also available as videos. So subscribe to us on YouTube. To everybody out there, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for jumping in the comments. To Nigel, welcome back. Mike, great job this week. Uh, I'm glad you're back on the show this week as well. Uh, We will see you all very soon on Thursday. Take care.